things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. All right. Whoop! Dale's got her thinking cap on. Uh, got us been... straightened out. I'm playing Candy Crush. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, did I bore you to tears, Betty? <laughs> Are you bored? Are you bored? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, 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 do you see? Taylor and I are holding toes. <laughs> Ew, I hate it. Oh, no, I don't like it. I just got a pedicure. I I was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I also got a pedicure. Oh. God, I'm so dumb. It's painful on occasion. On occasion, not always. Not always. I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to like not so relentlessly bully myself i'll make you pay me a dollar i would be poor as shit that's okay i'd be rich you would be rich you would have i'll put it in our in our joint bank account jenny okay (laughs) i like (laughs) that i'm like engaged to a whole man Uh uh-huh and you and i are gonna have my first joint banking account (laughs) honestly i like it I like it for us. I like it for us as well. I like it for you. I feel like this is a really good first step. I agree. Well, I'm not, I don't do joint, I don't do joint banking accounts. I don't know. Really? No. Brian no. and I didn't have a joint banking account until we got married. Really? Yeah. Even after we, I'm not into it. No. No. Welcome to a little bit finances. A little bit finances. <laughs> I, honestly, it's just for like ease because all of our, bills come out of that joint account and Uh, then we have our separate banking still and that's what we buy the fun stuff out of so that like i don't need to know how much money he spends on transformers i don't want to know i don't need to know zero percent of me is interested in that (laughs) other than the fact that if i saw a number i probably would panic yeah it's just better if we don't know that he doesn't need to know how much a two-faced palette is no that's i don't need Mm -mm. The love of my life. To see the money that I spend on subscription boxes. I just don't no, need it. Uh-uh. No, that is personal information. Leave my boxy charm, my scent bird. Scent bird sponsor us. <laughs> Leave them out of it. Yeah. We'll talk about it in therapy. We'll bring it up. Yeah, like, well, no, we really won't. Don't tell Kevin about it. about it either. <laughs> you can talk to me about impulse spending. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm a fan of joint baking just because it keeps. Everything very streamlined. That's all. That's fair. He has, like, we, like, divide the bills 50-50. Okay, so, like, you pay one thing, he pays another? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Except for, like, rent, which he, I just Venmo him money. Yeah. I spent my whole life just Venmoing rent money around. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do? Yeah. Welcome to Conspiracy Day, and huh? welcome to A Little Bit Grim. Ah, that's a podcast you're listening to. You found us. Welcome. Hi. Uh, that's Jenny on that side of the table. That's Taylor over there. She's my best friend. Oh, you're my best friend. Thanks for the validation. I needed it. <sighs> Anytime, my girl. Uh, <laughs> my dude. My dude. Anytime, my dude. Uh, you found this podcast. It's an indie little baby podcast. We're happy to have you. We love you a lot. I feel like, are we allowed to say that we're a baby podcast anymore? Because we've been played in all 50 states? I, that's true. We're like an adolescent. Oh my God. We're like a 13 year old, like training bra podcast. Yes. Yeah. We're moving up in the world. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely. Probably think that we have bigger britches than we do, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, no. My britches are pretty big. That diet is not going so great. <laughs> How's your turkey bacon? I hate it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't suffer. I don't. Don't suffer. I, don't do shit you hate. I I won't. Don't I, do shit you hate. It life's too short. I have substituted it for rotisserie chicken. Is that better? I love rotisserie chicken. Great. Okay. I just pick it off the bone like a vulture. That's the best kind though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had an amazing rotisserie chicken from Kroger the other night. Yeah. And sometimes, you know how they get kind of spongy? Yeah. This, yeah. The skin is. Ugh. Yeah. And it's, I think sometimes, like, the breasts get spongy. I don't. It's a texture thing. We're back to the texture things. But anyway. Yes. The <laughs> one that I had was actually really, really good. So. This is what gets you excited when you're 30. 
Rotisserie chicken and in vacuums. An exceptionally good rotisserie chicken from the local <laughs> grocery. Oh my god, we're never gonna be cool again. No. Oh my god, that shit. Hold on. The age where we were supposed to be cool, we were not cool. No. Uh-uh. Let's cl- <laughs> clarify. No, no, we were never cool. The ship sailed when we were like 21, but we've been holding on to a fever dream. Yes. About being cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the season of our life where we thought doing drugs and drinking makes us cool is over. Now we just are going to do what makes us happy and not eat turkey bacon if it doesn't make us happy. And turkey bacon doesn't bring me joy. I, I would feel open to trying a different brand of turkey bacon. Okay. And I think that if you did it yourself and didn't do the, like the microwave kind, mm-hmm. it would be way better. But honestly, turkey products that are not lunch meat freak me out because I want it to look like ground beef or I want it to look like bacon. Oh, and it's gray. And it's yeah. gray. I don't like gray food. Mm-hmm. Gray is not, not a natural food. Mm-hmm. Nothing no. is gray. Some stuff is gray. Like what? The gray stuff. It's delicious. Uh-huh. I knew that that was coming. <laughs> and that's not food. That is frosting. Oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> well, frosting is delicious. That's true. Um, mushrooms are gray. Mushrooms are delicious. Says you. Says me and other people. And I would almost call a mushroom brown. Mm, it depends on the species. Those are. Yeah. And oyster mushrooms tend to be like more cream yeah. colored. I guess oysters are gray. Ooh, but oysters are gross. Yeah. No. I don't like gray food. I want to pour oysters down my throat until I die. Are you going to gag? Oh my God, I might have done it. Your eyes are watering. I can see it from here. (laughs) Remove your hand from your mouth. (laughs) Oh my God, I cannot. I will never be able to remove that vision from my mind. Just pouring them. Please don't. Stop it. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. (laughs) Just let them glide (laughs) down your throat. Jenny. I'm so hot. I my temperature just rose like four degrees. You are so red. I hate it. Oh my, oh my god. god. This is like such a visceral reaction. I'm so disgusted right now. <laughs> oh my god. Why? Wow, this is really affecting you. Okay. No. Ew. Well, I I'm going to Florida. Yeah. Uh in real time. In eight real days. time, in eight in eight days in real time. I have time. a countdown on my phone. And I am so looking forward to doing some fantastic oyster shooters in Miami. Mm, you know what I'm looking forward to? What? Uh, they are doing a festival of the arts. <gasps> cool. In Epcot. Oh my god! And each of the countries are going to have little carts mm. out front with food. <gasps> snickety snacks. And so you can just snickety snack your way through the world. Oh my god! I'm so hype about it. I would love that. I can't wait. And <gasps> they. This is not directly related to Epcot, but there is a uh, new donut shop, and they do like gourmet donuts. And then there is my absolute favorite dessert in the world is s'mores okay Mm -hmm. and they make a mickey mouse s'more and i sent it to ryan and i was like i will die for this (laughs) i will lay my life on the line and he was like it's a s'more and i was like but do you see how beautiful this looks was it pretty oh my gosh i'll send it to you it's beautiful okay i'll I'll post it on the instagram okay (laughs) tag disney yeah okay we'll get a couple followers yeah if you do not follow us on the instagram Please go follow us on the Dangle Instagram. Yeah, you're missing out if you're not. We would love to see you there, especially now that we, you know, are an adolescent podcast. Speaking of which, we have a super fun adolescent adulty type podcast announcement to make to you. We like might be considered pseudo professionals. Possibly, maybe, but... We're going to put it at the end, so you have to listen to the whole thing. You got to listen to the whole thing. And don't do that, like, 15-second skip through. I can tell if you do. We, I can smell you doing it from here. Don't even think about touching that button. Listen to our conspiracies, because we have a couple good ones. I'm really excited about mine. Mine is unexpected. <laughs> it's, it's a little, uh, it's off the beaten path, if you will. Oh. It's unusual. But it's your turn. Oh, it's to go my first. turn to go first? Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I was born ready. I am covering the death of Princess Diana. <gasps> no! Ooh! William! I know you're listening to this! 
<laughs> and this is one, <laughs> it was one of those nights that uh, we had originally planned to record this four days ago or something, and mm-hmm. we ended up, you said you had the flu, I immediately was not coming. <laughs> so I tried to do this kind of last minute, and I realized that there was no possible way to do it last minute. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up staying up almost until dawn. What? I was up until like 4.30 in the morning. <gasps> Taylor. Getting Alexis. And it's still not quite everything, but it's everything that is important. Oh, my God. Okay. My conspiracy is not going to live up to yours. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I can't wait. Okay. I love this. I'm going to get so many texts from William. He's going to put it in the group chat. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Let us know about it. Okay. Uh, royalty has always been cause for conspiracy, but when Diana, Princess of Wales, was killed in a car accident, people were shocked and could not accept that something so common would happen to their beloved princess. So conspiracy theories abound. Mm. So a little bit about Diana. She became royalty at the ripe age of 20 years old. Freaking yikes. I could not imagine A, getting married at 20, B, running a country. Did she run a country? She was responsible for things. But, I mean, she didn't run it. Yeah. But she was definitely looked to by the people. The people loved her. Oh, I was a terrible role model at 20. I'm still not a fantastic choice at 30, to be quite honest. Same. Yeah. So she married uh, Charles, Prince of Wales, in 1981. Ooh. A year. What a year. (laughs) She was shy. Uh, she was beautiful, and she was a human humanitarian. Mm-hmm. As time would go on, she would become more confident and outspoken. In the late 80s, she discovered that Charles was having an affair, and she went to meet with the queen, her oh. mother-in-law, to discuss the affair. Uh, she wanted to find out if her mother-in-law would step in and help make things right. But the queen is a traditionalist and said, shut up and stop being silly. Sounds like a very queen thing Mm -hmm. to say to a princess. We're just going to swipe it under the rug. Nobody needs to know. You just continue to act poised and portray the perfect family. That's Mm -hmm. what we're asking for you. Right. Why can't you do that? Mm -hmm. So she was completely dismissed. In 1991, the queen finds out that a book is about to be published that contains all the juicy deets of Charles and Diana's secrets. It was rumored that Diana herself was the source for the book. <laughs> so the queen is pissed. So she did the opposite of being quiet. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Diana sits down with a journalist from the BBC. Ooh. And in front of an audience of 22 million people, she spills all the beans on her failing <gasps> marriage and how she is treated within the family. Oh, you whoop. Ah, that's a bold move. Bold. Love her. Love it. How old was she? Uh, at this point, she would have been 30. Okay. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Not putting up with that baloney. Not anymore. No, no. Uh, so the queen basically saw this as an act of war. Oh, that's <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> yes. She did not stand for it. She said that this was treason on her family. Basically just decided that Diana was no longer going to be a part of the royal family oh my god she's really mellowed out now that she's what 310 yeah something yeah. like that mm-hmm. so the queen writes to charles and diana and instructs them to divorce okay as a part of this deal she says that diana will lose her title so she stripped her of her princess title okay. in 1996 her marriage to prince charles ended in divorce and while the royal family hoped she would disappear into the background she became more well known and more well liked by the people after her divorce. <laughs> in January of 1997, she went to Angola to spearhead a campaign calling for international ban on landmines. This badass woman went where people were afraid to go all the time. She was not afraid of anything, and she knew that her platform allowed her to bring light to things that people weren't talking about. Yeah. She actually stood on the site where there were known active landmines to shed light on the issue. The royal family saw this as an act of rebellion, and they thought that she was now using her ties to the royal family to further her own agenda. What, her own agenda of making, like, people's lives better? Saving people? Oh, off with her head. Uh Uh-huh. On Saturday, August 30th, 1997, Diana left Sardinia, an island off the coast of Italy, on a private jet. 
And she arrived in Paris with Dodie Fihead, whom she was seeing romantically. Oh, love uh, that. Yeah. They had spent the previous nine days together on Dodie's father's yacht. And Dodie's father is Mohammed Al-Fahed, a billionaire who owns uh, Hotel Ritz Paris. Oh, I bet he does have a little bit of money. Yeah, a little stash. He's just got a little, a little nest egg. Yeah, a little, just a little, little guy. <laughs> Henri Paul is the head of security at the Ritz and met the couple at the airstrip and drove them to the hotel. And they had intended to stay at a Hotel Ritz Paris for one night before heading back to London. They checked into the Imperial Suite at the Ritz at 4.30 p.m. I would like to know what that room looks like. Well, I can tell you what it costs. Tell me what it costs. If your dad doesn't own the hotel. Yeah. It costs $14,000 a night. What? To stay in this suite. You better give me a robe to keep. I don't want you charging me (laughs) if I take a robe home. No. I think we should just go ahead and put it on the list of the things, of places we're going to visit. Okay. Just go ahead and add it. Yeah, sure. When we reach 2 billion streams, we'll do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, at 6 p.m. that night, Dodie managed to give the paparazzi the slip, probably because they were looking for Diana, not her boyfriend. And he went across the plaza to a very bougie little jewelry store. He was picking up a ring that he and Diana had picked out earlier. <gasps> Ooh, like the ring ring? That is up for discussion. Okay. We don't know for sure. Okay. But it's, it's a little sus. What do we know about the ring? Uh, not a lot. Oh. Uh, I wasn't able to find a lot about the ring. Okay. I think you can find a picture of it. It's beautiful. It looks like a big giant... Princess ring? Princess ring. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, they had multiple... Oh, sorry. Around 7 p.m., the couple left to go to Dodie's apartment in Paris, and they were followed by the paparazzi. And I don't know why they were leaving the hotel to go to a, an apartment. Of, yeah. Unless it was just they wanted to stay in this really nice... A part of this hotel. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho. Can look at my dad's place. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know already, he has a ton of money. <laughs> the couple had had many run-ins with the paparazzi, and they asked for space, and they were met with more force. Uh, Basically, if you want to be a public figure, then you deserve this kind of treatment. Yeah. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Icky. They actually had decoy vehicles that would, they would deploy when they wanted to get away without being followed, and sometimes even that didn't work. They would split up, and so half of the paparazzi would go follow the decoy, but half would stay wherever the decoy left from and, and wait for a different vehicle. Yeah. They decided to have dinner at a fa- fancy restaurant, but when they got there, they realized the windows were really large, and no one would a- be able to enjoy their meal with the paparazzi outside clicking away, so they decided to go back to the Ritz and have dinner there. Okay. Uh, Henri Paul the head of security from earlier, wasn't expecting them to come back and had already been relieved of his duties at 7 p.m. that evening. Okay. So he went back to his apartment uh, and was called back in. At the hotel, they went, they sent out a decoy car and then Diana and Dodie left through the back hotel entrance. They were able to avoid the 30 photographers standing in the front of the hotel. Henri was um, called back at about 10 p.m. to drive the couple back to Dodie's apartment. And he had been instructed to drive a black 1994 Mercedes W140 that was being used by Diana and Dodie. And it was like a short limo, I think. Okay. Di- you mean a sedan? <laughs> so- Maybe. It's described as a limo, but it doesn't look like one. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. I don't get it. A hearse? A hearse. <laughs> oh. Okay. It mm-hmm. kind of turns into one. Um... <laughs> Okay. You said it! I, I, was, I was talking about, like, in between a sedan and a limo. Her size. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, God. It's a little bit grim. Yep. Diana and Dodie were in the back of the limo. Henri was driving, and Trevor Reese Jones, who was a member of Dodie's personal protection team, was sitting in the front passenger seat. No one was wearing a seatbelt. They drove along the river sign and into the Alma ho- Tunnel. At 12.23 a.m. on the 31st, Paul lost control of the car at the entrance of the hotel. It hit the right-hand wall and then swerved left into the other lane before it hit a pillar head-on. The car was going about 65 miles an hour at the time of impact, although the speed limit was 30. Mm. Witnesses had reported the photographers on motorcycles had swarmed the Mercedes sedan before it entered the tunnel. (laughs) 
Some of the photographers attempted to help, but others stood by taking photos. What a pile of human garbage. Absolutely. Reese Jones suffered multiple facial injuries and had a head contusion, but did survive. Diana did not die on impact, and although she was very critically injured, it is reported that she murmured, oh my god, leave me alone. Diana didn't even really have very many visible injuries. An off-duty physician came upon the scene, and he reported that she had no injuries that he could see, but she was in shock. Oh. She was removed from the car at about 1 a.m. and quickly went into cardiac arrest. Her heart stopped beating again, or started beating again, as they were on the way to the hospital. Dodie and Henri were both declared dead at the scene. Uh, Henri was later to have found with a blood alcohol level of 1.75 grams per liter of blood, which is about three and a half times the legal limit in Paris. Oh, my God. This was about 10 glasses of wine. Woo! Or somewhere around nine shots of whiskey. Whoa. So that's what he was doing when he got off the clock. So he went home, started well, drinking, and then got called back. You don't have a backup guy to call? They wanted the head of security. Okay, but the head of security is drunk. Right. So they actually have, uh, and I think I'll get into this in a little bit, but they actually have footage of Henri after he got back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And he looks fine. He's talking. He's walking. He's having animated conversations with people. He does not look like what anybody would look like if they've had 10 glasses of wine. I would look dead. I would be <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Crying. I would not be driving a car. No. That's for sure. Uh-uh. So the 10 photographers, 10 of the photographers were arrested and questioned after the, de- after the crash. They were faced with manslaughter and failing to give assistance at the scene of the accident. Hmm. So Diana's death was met with silence from the queen. Uh, the people were grieving and it seemed that their beloved queen didn't care. They didn't fly the flag at half mast. There were no candles in the windows, no bagpipes playing at the palace. People's grief quickly turned to anger in the five days it took the queen to address the public. (gasps) During those days of anger and sadness, people started questioning their own monarchy and rumors began to spread like wildfire. Well, sure. They've got to get their stories straight. Right. Michael Mansfield, who is a civil rights lawyer known for taking on high profile cases, was shocked to find out that the death was in fact ruled an accident. So now we'll get into some of the conspiracies. Okay. First of all, I want to talk about Operation Paget, which was an inquiry established in 2004 to investigate all of the conspiracy theories surrounding Diana's death. Whoa. So they were so prevalent that they had to start an actual full-on investigation. Oh, my God. They published their first report of findings in 2006 and the conclusion in 2008. But that's a long time after. Yeah, because this was 1997. Yeah. 11 years? Yeah. Frig. It's a long time. It's a long time to investigate. So let's start with uh, Diana's relationship with Dodie. It was believed that Diana and Dodie were engaged and Diana was pregnant with his child. Whoa. Dodie was a Muslim and the British establishment seemed very against that. There were rumors that Diana and Dodie were going to take her boys away from the royal family and live in Egypt. Uh, Dodie's father, Mohammed, believed that Prince Philip, Diana's sister, and many others were involved in the plot to kill Diana and his son. Oh, my God. Mohammed said that he believed the couple was going to announce their engagement on the Monday after the crash, which would have been September 1st. And it is worth noting that John McNamara, a former senior detective at Scotland Yard, headed Al-Fayed's own investigation for five years from 1997. He cross-examined at the inquest on uh, February 14th. He conceded that he had found no evidence of criminal conspiracy to kill the princess or that she was engaged or pregnant at the time of her death, apart from the claims that Alpha had had relayed to him. Mm. As far as the pregnancy goes, the former coroner of the Queen's household, Dr. John Burton, said that he was at the postmortem exam of Diana's body and he personally examined her womb and found that she was not pregnant. But like, I'm mm, not really trusting anything that dude has to say. No! Uh, oh, the... The coroner of the queen's household? You think he's going to want to find a baby in that princess? Like, no. no. He probably could have been given $1,000 to say no. Right. And that's all it would have taken. Yep. So, mm, eh. I'm going to go ahead and take that with a grain of salt. 
Operation... Take it with a whole salt shaker, if yeah. you don't mind. Operation Paget had done tests on the blood found in the footwell of the car to find if it could conclusively say if she was pregnant or not. Uh, the pregnancy ho- hormone wasn't found in the blood sample. But remember that I said that she, she didn't, didn't have, have any, any injuries. Yeah. Or the doctor said that she didn't. Like an open wound. Right. Which doctor? So... Was it like a non-biased? It's a doctor that stumbled across the scene. Oh, like a doctor just stumbled into it? Yeah. Trust nothing. I, I literally <laughs> don't trust anything. So I, who knows? Okay. But they said that they tested blood and it wasn't, there was not the pregnancy hormone in there. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so next up, we have a man named Richard Tomlinson and MI6. Okay. MI6 is the Foreign Intelligence Service of the UK. My best understanding is that this is the British version of the CIA. Okay. Richard Tomlinson was a former officer of MI6 and was dismissed and served prison time for breaching the Official Secrets Act of 1989. Ew. Why have such a thing? The Official Secrets Act? (laughs) We can't even give it a code name? Britain. (laughs) Come on. Get with it. In 1999, he claimed in a sworn statement that MI6 had been involved in the crash. Okay. He said that Henri Paul was working for MI6 and that one of Diana's bodyguards was a contact for British intelligence. Mm. However, in 2008, he retracted the statement and said that he misremembered and that he had no evidence that Henri Paul was an MI6 agent. Are you for real? Just like, mm, weird. Wonder why I said that. Don't remember saying that. I don't at remember all. saying that. I don't even know the guy. What guy? Uh huh. Ew. In a related theory, it is speculated that MI6 knew they would take the tunnel and use a flashbulb to blind Henri, which would cause him to hit the side of the tunnel, overcorrect, and then hit the pillar. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of conversation around who the, who had the flashbulb. Was it one of the paparazzi? Was he paid off? Was it somebody from MI6? Yeah. There are witnesses say that they saw a flashbulb go off. Others are like, no, we didn't see that happen. So nobody knows the truth nobody on the flashbulb at all. Okay. It's also worth noting that the American CIA was tracking Diana's calls and admitted that it had 1,054 pages of information on Princess Diana. What? Yeah. And that's... The CIA is like, yep, sure did. (laughs) I love the CIA. (laughs) They don't give a fuck. No, they don't. They're classifying all kinds... Like, declassifying all kinds of crazy things. I know. I love it. I'm here for it. Some somebody just tell me if there's aliens or not. Like for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next up we have a white Fiat Uno. After the crash, there was evidence that the black Mercedes crashed into a white car, and witnesses said it was a white Fiat Uno. Okay. Mohammed alleged that the uh, Fiat Uno was used by MI6 agents to cause the crash. Going further, Mohammed said that it was the the Fiat owned by a man named Jean Paul James Anderson who was a French photojournalist who had photographed uh, Diana in the past. The French police did examine his car, which was indeed a white Fiat Uno, but concluded that it was unlikely to be connected to the crash. Other than this Fiat, the police examined 4,000 other white Fiat Unos and Mm. eliminated all of them. Oh. Sadly, Anderson died in 2000. It was ruled suicide, uh, but many believed that he either died by suicide out of guilt or it wasn't a suicide at all, and he was killed to silence him. He got abstained. Mm-hmm. All right, so Henri Paul himself. Yes. He was getting large sums of money prior to the accident, and we don't know why or what that money is from. What? Just that he was... Large sums of money, money were being deposited into his account. What do we qualify as a large sum of money? Thousands of dollars oh, at a time. That is a large sum of money. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives me large sums of money to keep my mouth shut. Which is a huge bummer, if I say. I agree. There are a lot of conflicting reports about Henri's drinking habits. Some say that he drank a lot and was obviously intoxicated on the night of August 30th. While others say that he didn't drink a lot at all and seemed perfectly sober. Mm. That's just such a wide range <laughs> if you are drinking enough for people to be talking about how much you drink everybody knows you drink uh-huh there is a bar between the hotel and Henri's flat and he would walk from his home to and from the, the hotel ho- yeah. and stop at the bar or so say some people yeah they actually stopped and talked to some of the bartenders in the hotel or in the bar uh 
on during one of the documentaries I watched. And the bartenders said, yeah, he would stop in and have a beer or two, but he never got hammered. He never got to the point where we had to stop serving him. Yeah. Or to the point where I think that he couldn't drive. Ooh. So that was kind of telling. But of course, I don't know what their laws are in France about over-serving. But, you know, you're in in the United States. If you over-serve somebody and they get into an accident, you're You're going to jail. Yeah. You are held responsible. Yes. As a bartender. So God only knows. But like I said, there is CCTV footage of Henri in the hotel before he gets into the car to drive Diana and Dodie. And in my opinion, he doesn't look drunk. He's talking with people. He's standing upright, etc. Okay. Uh, as mentioned, his blood alcohol level was concluded to be three and a half times the legal limit. limit. However, his family did not accept the findings of the investigation. Okay. And one person went to the, uh, went to Henri's family and told them that he wasn't drunk. And it was out of, he said that he went to them and told them that because he didn't want them to suffer. He didn't want them to think that of their son, but he he was just covering up for him being drunk. But there is that story out there that somebody went to his family and And said said he wasn't wasn't drunk. Oh, God. Yeah. Woo! I have chills. Uh, One man who has written many books on the conspiracy of Diana's death believes that while Diana was lying in the car waiting for help, she was injected with a poison that would ensure that she did not survive. The hospital did not, or was not allowed to, do a talk screen, take blood samples from Diana when she arrived at the hospital. So we don't know if she's pregnant. Yep. That's why they had to test the blood samples in the car. But she wasn't bleeding. Right. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm getting fired up. I know. (laughs) She was also embalmed very quickly, and people believe that that was uh, to throw off any suspicion, and it would ruin any future tests. Yep. Because you can't, yeah. Yep. There's there's no blood. (laughs) Yeah. No blood anymore. Oops. Oh, sorry. We threw it away. (laughs) Uh, Mansfield believes that the establishment was involved in the accident and purposefully meant to harm Diana and not kill her. He thinks that their plan was to injure her enough that she would be flown separately to Kingston Palace for treatment and they would keep her uh, under close tabs and then release her to more trustworthy people when she recovered. Mm. Uh, And he just thinks that it went awry and she wasn't supposed to die. Oh. If you're interested in a more deep dive into these theories, check out The Murder of the Princess Diana by Noelle Botham. Uh, Unlawful Killing is a British documentary about the deaths. Finally, and this got me in my field place, uh, Diana's brother had some poignant words to say at her funeral. It is a point to remember that all of the ironies about Diana is this. A girl given the name of the ancient goddess of hunting was in the end the most hunted person of the modern age. Hmm. And that's the very short, sweet version of the death of Princess Diana. Ooh. It wasn't an accident. There's I'm, no way. I needed to take some cleansing breaths. There's no way. There's no way. No. no I don't believe it for a freaking second. Right. And when the car crashed and there were all these people swarming, air quotes, around to, to help, somebody could have easily injected her with poison. Yeah. Could have been somebody in the car. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... It's, there's just so much information. there. You could find days and days. You, we could do a whole podcast on this For, conspiracy theory. I'm sure there are some really excellent podcasts mm-hmm. just about Princess Diana. Absolutely. The only thing I have to offer to this conversation is my mom waited in line at the Hallmark store at 3 in the morning to get five Princess Diana Beanie Babies. Oh, my gosh. And we still have them. <laughs> Those are very... Very expensive now. Are they? I think so. Nah, I don't know. I'm on a look. I, I just don't think so. I, I have a hard time with money as like a general concept. Because like nothing really has any true value unless somebody's willing to pay. That's true. For that. And I just don't know anybody who's really in the market for a Princess Diana Beanie Baby. Um, I actually think I gave one to William. Now that I think about it. The least expensive one is selling for $500 on eBay. What? Some of the more expensive ones are, let's see, we've got one for $10,000. we have got one for $15,000. One for uh, $18,500. Oh, listen, if somebody wants my mom's Princess Diana Beanie Baby for $10,000, you just shoot me a DM. <laughs> you just slide right on in there. Well, just go ahead and put that in the joint account. Yeah. 
Yes, bankroll our podcast and buy my Beanie Babies. <laughs> my God. <sighs> yep. Oh, Walmart did put out a, uh, like an updated version that you can buy for $14.99. Walmart? Yeah. Oh, or Princess Diane and Beanie Baby? Yeah. Oh, well, I love that. Love that for Walmart. Keep keep the tradition alive. Something like that. Love it so much. Good job. That is a lot to cover. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to cover a lot to go over oh i hope that was clear as mud it was <laughs> god okay so i have something fun for you i the it's in no way appropriate to follow what you just told me we need a cleanser we need a cl- palate cleanser i got your palate cleanser i'm ready right here i'm ready this is lighthearted. she's fun she's different she's fresh She's fresh. She's, She's a Virgo. New. She's cats aren't real. <laughs> is what she is. As an owner of four, I beg to differ. But tell me the reasons. Oh, tell you tell me the reasons why cats aren't real, Jenny. Listen, there's a burgeoning theory around the internet that begs reckoning. The freaking internet. <laughs> It's not the theory that parasites and cat poop are turning you into crazy cat ladies, though that is certainly cause for alarm. Uh-huh. It is much worse than that. Domestic house cats, it seems, may be alien sentinels sent to spy on us and report their findings back to the mothership. I hope that's true. I, or as some theorists have put it, uh-huh. they're like alien camcorders tracking our every move. Fantastic. I would love that for us so much. Would you like me to go on? I would love for that to happen. All I have is evidence. Okay. All I have is evidence. All right. Great. (laughs) Hit me with it. There is no documentation before ancient Egypt that mentions the existence of cats. Of house cats? Of domesticated cats. Okay. Because we got like the saber-toothed tiger and shit, right? Oh, we got got lions. We got tigers. We got bears. Oh, my. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. In ancient Egypt, they were worshipped as gifts from the gods. Yep. That is something that they described them. The ancient Egyptians described cats. We should as. bring that back. I agree. I, I still think they're gift from the gods. Yeah. If by gift you mean spyware and gods you mean aliens. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. As with several of these premises, these propositions are mostly true, but can be somewhat disputable. <laughs> Ryan Hopped, a paleontologist at the University of Wyoming, who, as he described it for a previous interview, quote, studies the lives of modern mammals to better understand what their extinct relatives were doing in the past. In in an interview to Vice, he said that Egypt was the best guess for the origin of the domestic cat species, but noted that some cat-adjacent skeletons have been found at older sites. Okay. But, like, cat-adjacent. That's like a raccoon or, like, an opossum. Cat-adjacent. An opossum? An opossum. Did you know that opossums are the only marsupial indigenous to North America? (laughs) What? Are you supposed to pronounce the O? An opossum. (laughs) Are you... Are you... Why is this... Why are you having a meltdown? (laughs) I don't think... I think the O is... It's a possum. An opossum. A possum. An opossum. No. Oh, no? <laughs> what, you just don't pronounce O's? What is it, just like, tapus? Yeah. An opossum. <laughs> I don't. Well, why would they put it there if you're not supposed to say it? <sighs> Exporting domestic cats was illegal in ancient Egypt. <laughs> for so many. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. It was illegal. I think you said, you don't have to cry about it. (laughs) I would never. Yeah, you are right now. It's it's okay. Yes, it was illegal uh, to export domestic cats. You could not take the cats away from the Egyptians. They would cut your hand off. So Joe Exotic just went there and decided to move around cats? (laughs) Yes, correct. Um, according to Wild Cats of the World, a book by Mel and Fiona Sunquist, which may explain why they don't appear definitively in the records of other civilizations until thousands of years um, later than other early cat records in Egypt. What older feline skeletons have been found elsewhere don't provide clear evidence as to whether they were domesticated or not. And that's where we're drawing the line here. Okay. Like feral 
cats uh-huh. versus domesticated cats that live alongside humans to be like a mutually beneficial relationship. Sure. Um, however, Hopped added that they probably were not domesticated. Okay. He just said, no, I don't think so. Meh. Looking at just skeletons, it's basically impossible to say. Sure. As for cat worship, the picture is a bit more complicated than the conspiracy theorist asserts. Cats were indeed revered by the ancient Egyptians. Uh, cats were beloved as pets. They were more like family members when they died. They were embalmed and buried with varying degrees of pomp, according to the owner's wealth. Cat cemeteries mm-hmm. were plopped along the banks of the Nile. And if you killed a cat, you were put to death. Mm-hmm. There, don't fuck with cats. No. Hard. This is one of my favorite facts. And one of the reasons I got really interested in ancient Egypt- Egyptian culture was that they loved cats so much. Yes. It's so cool. They're still finding mummified cats. I love that. I love that. I it love that they're happy. held like in such high esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, cats weren't simply viewed as gifts from the gods. Some of the Egyptian gods were cats, like Bastet, the goddess of joy and love. One ancient Egyptian papyrus depicts Ra, the sun god, as a knife-wielding cat with spots. Oh, yay! I now deliver to you evidence number two. Okay. We literally don't freaking know how cats purr. We don't know. It just happens. It just, just throat marbles start going like, they brrr. Just, uh, and they just, we don't know. Like science, what are you doing? Why are we not putting funding into this? Why don't we know how, why cats, how cats purr? The science doesn't know why that cats purr is taken for granted around the internet. And it's like 50% of the story. It's true that cats possess no special organ for purring, but science does know a thing or two, as noted in a WebMD article that I'm about to word vomit to you. I'm so excited. A rhythmic, repetitive neural oscillator sends messages to the laryngeal muscles, causing them to twitch at the rate of 25 to 150 vibrations per second. This causes a sudden separation of the vocal cords during both inhalation and exhalation, uh, the unique feline vibrato. Opera singing for cats is what animal behaviorist Karen L. Overall uh, calls it, but the purr is usually so low pitched that we tend to feel it as much as we hear it. Uh, did you know that cats have their vibration is uh, can be healing to humans? Yes, when they lay on your chest uh-huh. and purr, they're trying to heal you. It's so wholesome. It is. So, I don't care if they're alien. I know they're trying to help us. They're like, oh, you feel sad? Let me purr on you. My little alien baby. Naked cats are for sure aliens. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. I found a I found a video of baby kitten. Once. A naked one? Yeah, did I send them to no. you? No. The, the please don't. Baby Chimkin. No. I want that. Oh my God, they give me the heaps. Oh my gosh, no, I'm going to make you watch it. Have you ever seen a bear with no fur? Nope. They're terrifying. And that is how I feel about naked cats. <laughs> I want one. I'm also a very like tactile kind of person, and I just, I don't want to touch it. You, you don't know what it's skin? No. You know old pencil grips? Yeah. That's what I imagine they feel <laughs> like jellies. Yeah, if somebody with a naked cat can confirm that they feel like pencil grips, I would be much obliged. Send us their your pictures of your naked cats. Ugh, send them to Taylor. Send them to Instagram. <laughs> no, I'll post them. I'll repost it. Yeah, I have to look at and it and then I'll tag Jenny and all. I feel of like them. it's lewd. Like I'm looking <laughs> at nip naps. It's like a peeled grape. Like it's just you're not supposed to look at it that way. <laughs> Dr. Ken Simpson of Monon Animal Hospital, who's a vet from Indy, oh, had to say this. I found this bit. Most of this is from a Vice article. Okay. And the guy who wrote the Vice article, Ken Simpson, is his uncle. (laughs) So we're getting real firsthand. Sure, sure, sure. Um, He had this to say. Physiology remains a slight enigma, but to me, purring is a method of communication that may be derived when the laryngeal folds are dilated with blood due to excitement from stimulation. As air flows through the folds, a vibration occurs, which creates the sound heard. Uh, It has also been said that diaphragm movement against overinflated lung tissue contributes to the sounds. Um, And in his experience, cats with asthma and hyperinflated lungs have a slightly louder purr. There's evidence the behavior is learned uh, as a deaf cat won't purr. What? Yeah. Like if that cat is not around another cat. 
that cat won't it's not gonna purr it's like can it feel it i don't know if it's it just won't but if it was okay let me if ask. it was with its mom mm-hmm. and it like fed from its mom and like its mom purred it could purr but like if it was taken away from its mom like bottle fed and it was deaf that cat is not gonna purr that's what the internet says now if you have a deaf cat that purrs let me know oh my gosh is that wild what yeah they didn't get that like like update installed in them by the aliens. <laughs> well, it's like the uh, uh, idea that if humans are taken away from their parents and just put in a room, they will create their own language. Yeah, or in and die immediately because we need people. <laughs> but it took a turn. Sorry, but yes, yeah. Th- did you know there was an experiment about that? Really? Oh yeah, I'll cover it. I feel like that's. Not I don't okay know to do. where I'll put it. Maybe. Crying. Disaster? Disaster? I don't know. It sounds yeah. like a disaster. In fact, it was. Okay. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that future episode. It sounds like a bag of fun. It's uh, it's going to be a little bit grim. <laughs> Still, there's a certain point where the knowledge of purring plateaus. What exactly is a neural oscillator? Yeah, tell me everything. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Why okay. exactly does neural oscillation exist? We don't know. No. And why in behavioral terms do cats purr? What do we know? We know that these questions remain a mystery. Uh, Ah. Is it alien technology? Is it transmission signals? Yeah, I think so. Number three. If you hold a cat's ears back and describe what you see, it is a perfect match to the classic gray alien with almond-shaped eyes, small mouth, small nose. Obviously true. Go do this to your cat right now. Next. Question. Next question. Number four. A cat can see exponentially better than you, making it appear that it must be more advanced evolutionarily speaking. How? The extrapolated version of this, as I've gathered from other cat is alien spy internet detritus, says that cats stare at us with those big old eyes because they are, in fact, alien cameras recording and beaming our actions back to the gray aliens that put them here. I can't find any any evidence of this not happening. So So I guess it must be true. So we're going to chalk that up to true. Have you ever watched a cat wake up from a deep sleep and run out of the room in an instant? Yes. Transmissions in the mothership are coming in. They must be alone. I have a kitten. <laughs> this happens three times a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't, we've all seen it happen. Can't find an answer. Mm-hmm. Evidence of alien collaboration? <gasps> Probably. And number five, the anti-gravity properties of a cat. A mystery since time immemorial. Dustin Sandlin, who is a mechanical engineer and rocket tester, Ooh, fun. notes on the surface a cat appears to violate the physical law of conservation of angular momentum. Don't ask me to delve into that. I do not know. I've studied, quote, I've studied free-falling bodies, my own, in fact, in several different environments, and once I get my angular rotation started in one direction, I can't stop it. So it's like, if you throw a hot dog down a hallway... Yeah. And it's doing flips over this way. Yeah, it's like whoa, 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 over whoa, and over whoa. and over. Uh-huh. Because that's the way that gravity is carrying it in motions. Yeah. Cats have the ability to stop that forward motion and switch the way they are rotating in the air to land on their feet. Oh, we don't know how. Aliens. It's aliens. Aliens. I've never seen you this excited about an alien in I, my life. They're kitties. <laughs> Normally you get real heaved about the aliens. I normally do get real heaved about the aliens. (laughs) I am more scared of aliens than demons. Yes, you are. Um, However, if you drop a cat and you record it, when the free fall is slowed down, don't do that, though. But in a scientific situation, Uh somebody did that safely. Yeah. And when it's slowed down, it's clear that the cat doesn't exactly violate the law necessarily. It's just very, very agile to be able to detect terminal velocity. Smart kitties. They're so smart. So. We'll have like a little uh, Instagram post for all the cats. We'll have the donuts and then my <gasps> four. Yeah. We'll have the five. The, the fam. The fam five. Five a little, fam. A little bit kitty. Oh, yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, cats, the way they arch their back, extend, retracts its legs. In doing so, it rotates its body along two separate rotational axes. So, you know, how they get so agile, 
uploaded alien technology. Clearly. And that is my theory. And honestly, I buy it. We're into it. I'm, I'm into it. I truly believe that. I'm going to stop changing in front of my cat so often. Yeah. I see. I'm already weird about it. Oh, are you? I watched way too much Charmed as a child and their cat was actually like he t- changed into a human. Oh. In one of the episodes. And now I'm very freaked out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Donut can secretly turn into a human. Ooh, I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah. Seen a lot of things. He's seen some shit go down in this house. Yep. Ah! So that's my story. Do you think cats are aliens? It's not, I'm not going to rule it out. Okay. <laughs> but you're not also ruling it in, I see. I'm not going to rule it in. We're not going to rule it out. We're just going to let it be. And then I need to see more evidence with my eyes. Okay. With my eyeballs. <laughs> with your own eyeballs. I also don't love the idea that Donut hates me and thus an alien hates me. He doesn't hate you. He has a lot of strong feelings. He has been tormented by the tiny human this whole week. This That's is true. He's just being a little sassy pants. And also Ian put him in a t-shirt earlier. That I, <laughs> he's been used and abused this week. Nobody respects Donut the way that I do. <laughs> Poor Donut. He's just t- trying to take it out on all the humans. He's just, I just want to love him. He, but I also like to pick on him. And he does not love to be picked on. He, no. He's very much like me. He has his <laughs> he mother's child. <laughs> but he can't take it. <laughs> I can take a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Are you ready to tell them our big announcement? Yeah, it's our bright and shiny. Yes. We We have merch! Oh, my gosh. We'll link it in the show notes, and then we'll post about it pretty much everywhere because we're obsessed. Yeah, and And it's... It's... It's so good. It's it's so good, and we think you guys will love it. And you can find our merch when it goes live on on the website! The website that we have now! We have a grown-up website it's www.alittlebitgrim.com jenny and i decided we decided to do this like in one evening i was in my hotel room and she was at home and we were both just like passing back and forth like i was doing the merch store she was doing the website we were collaborating we were going we were going rolling hot it was amazing it was one of the prime examples of why we work as a team yes it is. Divide and conquer. It is. Can you imagine if we use our powers for good? What change we could do? That sounds like work. It does. <laughs> and it sounds like fun. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm very busy. I'm too, too busy to better the world. Yeah, that's for sure. The world's pretty messed up. So oh, It's going to take a lot more than you and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for listening. If you like, you know, go buy some merch. Go go get merch if you want. Like, I don't want to pressure you. No. But like, if you wanted to, you I, can get a mask that has a little bit gram on it. Yeah, you got the mask. I got a uh, to-go mug. I got a t-shirt. I got myself a sweatshirt. I got my husband a sweatshirt. I'm going to force him to wear this sweatshirt at Disney World. <laughs> and I'm so excited about it. <gasps> so, thank you for listening. Go check out the merch. Follow us on the social meds. Yes. Send us your ooky spooky stories. Tell us about any like alien evidence you have on your cat. You got dirt on your cat. Please send it to me. I'm making a list. I'm going to send it to the CIA. Yeah. And you can do that from the website. There is a button that you can push. There is immediately send us an email. A call to action. We've made it easier than ever for you. You don't have to even remember the Gmail. Just click a button. Yeah. So be kind to yourself and to others. Goodbye. Goodbye.